1: Let's get it! All football, all the time. You're listening to the best football show, hosted by Brian Baldinger. I'm Brian Baldinger, and this is the best football show. At Baldy NFL, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, you know, all over the place. <clears throat> TikTok, you can find uh, all my breakdowns. I've done about 40 so far today, but I was, I was in Baltimore, the Charm City, yesterday, and I watched the Ravens paint a masterpiece. I mean, an absolute masterpiece defensively. I mean, let's just start with their defense because in the last two home games now, the 5-1 Detroit Lions came to Baltimore. They were getting beat 35-0 in the third quarter. They gave up two field goals that day. The Seattle Seahawks came in with a nice, shiny 5-2 first-place record in the NFC West, and Baltimore dismantled them. Gino Smith didn't have time to drop back and hit a receiver. They couldn't run the ball against them. They they were dysfunctional. They looked like a bad offensive football team. And I talked to Pete Carroll before the game. He's got a lot of young guys playing. But those young guys have been winning games for him. And yesterday, the Baltimore Ravens, they came out. First of all, they're number one in the league in defense. Fewest points given up. In four of their nine games this year, teams haven't scored a touchdown. They're number one in sacks. They had four more yesterday. They hired Chuck Smith to be the outside linebacker coach and the pass rush specialist. Chuck Smith was a great pass rusher in his league. He's been running a, a pass rush academy in Atlanta for a long time. He got hired by the Ravens. And all of a sudden you see Adafi Owe and Jadevian Clowney and Justin Matabike and any, anybody from the secondary that's blitzing, Kyle Hamilton, you name it. They're all better pass rushers now. They they have Geno Stone, who's got an interception in four straight games, and he leaves the league with six. And he got another one yesterday. Like, pick a category. I mean, it was on display yesterday. And so I was blown away. Now, Cleveland comes to town this week. I mean, I don't know who's going to score. Lamar has been outstanding. Um, just outstanding, you know. But n- nonetheless... Like, we're going to see great defense, you know. And then you're going to see, in the second quarter yesterday, the Baltimore Ravens marched out a free agent from Easton, Eastern, East Carolina. He's a pirate named Keaton Mitchell. First game he's ever played in. Like, you watch, go back and watch the preseason game against the Eagles, and you go, oh, Keaton Mitchell, he's got some speed. You go back and you look at his 40 times and all that stuff, four three seven. I saw him warm up pregame. I don't know what he is, 5'8", 190 pounds. I mean, he's not big at all. He torched the Seattle Seahawks yesterday. On one drive, he carried it four times for 37 yards, and he broke tackles and slithered through holes. And then in the third quarter, he broke a 40-yard run, and not anybody laid a glove on Keaton Mitchell, including Tyreek Woolen. I mean, Rick won's a four-two-eight forty, 8'40", and he ran away from him. Then he broke a 60-yard run by just breaking tackles and using his speed. So they found a hidden weapon, and you can be sure that he'll be active uh, the other games. But they just dismantled Seattle. And so it it got me thinking about the NFC. Are they frauds? I mean, you think about the Eagles are 8-1. Their one loss was to the Jets. Okay, Now, they turned it over four times that day. But, you know, the Jets beat them. We don't think the Jets are a great team, but they've got pieces, okay? Then you look at San Francisco have been beaten soundly by both Cleveland and Cincinnati in their last two games. I mean, beaten soundly, right? Minnesota beat them as well. But Cleveland shut them down. Cincinnati shut them down. Joe Burrow did whatever he wanted to do against them. Then you look at Cleveland. Cleveland beat San Francisco. They put you shut out yesterday. I'll be it. I'll be it. You know, I mean, Clayton Toon is starting. You look at um, Jacksonville, what they've done to New Orleans and Atlanta, NFC teams. You look at Houston, what they did to New Orleans a couple weeks ago. And you start looking at the NFC, you know, and you look at Dallas and Philadelphia and these teams, and you go Detroit. Like they go up against these AFC monsters – and you go, is the NFC a group of frauds right now, halfway through the season? I don't think they are, but all you can do is head-to-head head competition and go, the best defense by far is in the AFC. By far, you saw Kansas City, they play any style of defense. You always know, saw what they did to Miami yesterday, held them to two touchdowns. Um, but the second one was on a short field after a turnover. you look at at uh, Miami's defense now with their pieces in place you know, with Jalen and Xavier and Javon back and what Jalen Phillips and Bradley Chubb and Christian Wilkins and David Long, what they're doing, they finally got their pieces together. You watch what Vic Fangio does with that defense the second half of the season. Um, You look at what Cincinnati's doing defensively, you know, like how they're just finishing teams off and what they did to Seattle a couple weeks ago and Seattle couldn't score at the end of the game. What Cleveland's doing, uh, Baltimore, what Pittsburgh is doing defensively. And you go, man, is the, it, the the best defenses are in the AFC by far. And from what I've seen, I don't care what your offense is right and how you move the football. It seems like they all struggle against these AFC defensive powerhouses right now. And it look, it's nine weeks into it. All that can change. Offenses can catch up. But my question is, is the NFC a bunch of frontrunners? is Dallas and San Francisco and and even Philadelphia, even at 8-1. And as good as they looked, I mean, they've given up 18 touchdown passes in nine games. Like, you know, uh, Dak had his way yesterday. He just couldn't finish a couple of drives, but they went up and down the field on Philadelphia's defense. We don't think they're great on the back end right now. Um, And so that's that. Then you go to Frankfurt and you go, did Travis Kelsey – Really catch three passes for 14 yards? Is that a misprint? And then you realize, oh, that's Vic Fangio on the other side. Vic Fangio, when he was the head coach of Denver for three years, he had to defend Travis Kelsey six times. In four of those six games, when he was the head coach in Denver, Travis Kelsey had less than 50 yards receiving in four of those six games. And yesterday, three catches for 14 yards. How do they do it? Well, not a lot of free – in easy releases, Bradley Chubb, Jalen Phillips, um, you know, they're banging them. They're doubling them, bracketing them, like off safeties coming down and taking it away. Uh, they're playing man, they're playing zone, combination man zone. I mean, Mahomes is looking for him on third down and one, he can't get off the line of scrimmage. And Mahomes ends up throwing the ball away and you go, third one, isn't that a Pacheco play? Well, it, it is, unless you've got Travis Kelsey. He's go, you know, the best quarterback receiver combination of the NFL over the last seven years, like they sh- surely can win, except Vic Fangio didn't let him win. So it was very impressive. Um, Tua definitely had a chance at the end of the game, hit Waddle. Uh, he got behind Jalen Watson to tie it up. And I don't know what happened to the throw by Tua. It's hard to tell. He wasn't hit. The ball, literally, it just fluttered out of his hands. Um, he makes that throw. I've watched him in practice, mini camps. He makes that throw – 99 out of 100 times. The ball, it just floated and it, it couldn't, it just didn't get down the field. It wasn't anything. It, the ball just didn't come out the way it comes out. It didn't come out hot. And it wasn't spinning. And it was just, it, it. I mean, I don't know. I haven't listened to any press conferences. Maybe two have talked about it. It was unfortunate. And then on the final play where he gets sacked, I mean, it's not a great snap by Connor Williams, but it's the first time all day that Kansas City went to a blitz zero look. And I think Tua took his eyes a little bit off the ball, even though, you know, and it didn't help that it was low and to his right. And he had to move to get it and just fumbled it and, uh, you know, ended the game. But there was plenty of opportunities there for Miami to win that game. And then I think I want to finish with, you know, it was a great game. Great game Sunday night in Philadelphia or Sunday afternoon in Philadelphia. Um, just, a great, great, great football game. But you look at Jalen Hurts. We Nobody thinks he's 100%. I think this bye week is really going to help him. 8-1. Um, and one. They were 8-1 and one a year ago as well. Um, but, you know, he he was really good. You know, he only threw for seven yards. He threw two touchdowns. You know, he didn't turn the ball over. But, man, he is – like, his improvement is from the pocket. And I, I put it out there today on Twitter – like, he made six throws from the pocket. I think last year, maybe earlier this year, maybe 100% healthy Jalen, maybe he doesn't stay there and make those throws. But for whatever reason, he's staying in the pocket, and he's making one good throw. The touchdown throw to Devontae Smith, 29 yards, just a dime, an absolute dime and it from the pocket. And he's got a little pressure coming on the outside of him. You know, Michael was buzzing around him much of the day. It was really impressive to watch. And then, you know, really the difference in the game, um, I mean, there's a lot of differences. But, you know, the big difference was, and we all saw it, uh, the Eagles were three for three in the red zone. You know, they, they had to create a play to A.J. Brown for a touchdown. There were man, thousands of man coverage with Stephon Gilmore. They had the perfect play. I mean, Gilmore just couldn't get there. He got bubbled, and that's all he needed. Got an opening in Jalen on just a nice little read option to, to DeAndre Swift Floats it out there to AJ Brown for a touchdown, Um, and then you know the Cowboys—they were down there, but they were three for five in the red zone, and they couldn't, you know, they couldn't complete the drives on a couple of occasions, and that was ultimately the difference in a great football game. I mean, you know, I mean, you just look at Dak. I mean, Dak's going to take a lot of heat, but he played a great game. I mean, Dak moved. He saw the field. He didn't make any mistakes. Like he was awesome. He made throws on the run that we haven't seen him make. Not we've seen him make them against bad teams in blowout games, but I mean we're talking about a quality opponent, you know, for you know the division leaders. It was a great, great game. And Dak to CD Lamb, Dak to Jake Ferguson, um, you know, they they were almost unstoppable. Um, CD everybody took turns on CD. Slay had him. Slay did a pretty good job, buddy. He gave up some. Um, Gosh, you just, you you know, uh, you pick a guy. Eli Ricks, poor young rookie man, free agent. I mean, having CD with some of these double moves of his and the way that he is just fearless over the middle of the field. I think Dallas, there's no moral victories. Nobody feels good in Dallas about that loss. Nobody, especially with a chance to win it. But man, the offensive line. They protected really well. Tyron Smith, best game I've seen Tyron play in years. Zach Martin and Jalen Carter going at it. Zach Martin, Fletcher Cox going at it. Uh, Terrence Steele has to play better, but uh, Tyler Smith played good. I mean, if Dallas's offensive line plays like that and Dak plays error-free football, like Dallas is going to have a good second half of the season, good second half. And you can't say enough about Micah Parsons, just how hard he plays, played 52 of the 64 snaps. Won a lot of the pass rushes. I don't know. Eagles are grabbing them, holding them, you know, whatever they got to do. Um, you know, they don't call it. They just let them play. Um, it's like that some games. Just let them play. And that's kind of what they did. Um, sometimes they're going to make some of those calls. And things are going to go the other way. But you can't put it on the officials. Dallas had their opportunities. Um, so that's that's the best football show right there. That's... Um, Man, I, I mean, you know, tomorrow I'll probably get to C.J. Stroud and just the phenomenal day that he had, and they needed every bit of it. You know, what Joshua Dobbs did up in Minnesota. We're going to get to that tomorrow because those almost have to be separate categories. Like just what Joshua do, did, being traded for on Tuesday, taking over the second quarter uh, for Jaron Hall, amazing. To go down the field and score like he did, it was remarkable. Uh, what C.J. Stroud did to go down the field and win. And that's what we're talking about. We're talking about getting the ball and going down the field, the length of the field, and scoring on the final drive to win the game. I mean, that's how quarterbacks get measured in this business in the regular season, postseason, much of the same. You get the ball last, you got to score. you got to finish the drive. And we saw two young players do it yesterday, and it was entertaining as hell. And that's been the best football show I'm your host, Brian Baldinger. You know, come find us everywhere where you get your podcast downloads, Odyssey, free app, all that stuff. Come find it. Every day, I'll be here. 12, 15, 20 minutes, whatever it takes. I'm going to tell you what I just saw in this film room on the third floor of the NFL Films, and I'm going to relay it to you.